Welcome back to the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I'm an automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group, and I am the publisher of the website, theweeklydriver.com. My colleague and friend, as always, is Bruce Aldrich. And today we have a guest, I would say, venture to say it's the most unusual area we've covered of the automotive world, in a way. And her name is Amanda Ayala. And she is with uh, a company that uh, is responsible for moving some of the largest objects that can be moved on the road. Uh, I find it fascinating, uh, and we're going to zap her knowledge of her expertise on how this all works. So, Amanda, good morning, and where have we found you today? We are in Norfolk, Virginia. Thanks so much for having me today, James and Bruce. Well, great. Can you tell us the name of your company and give us a good overview of what you guys do? Sure, absolutely. I am proud to work with Commercial Truck Trader. Uh, we are an online website that brings buyers and sellers together of commercial vehicles. So anything from light, medium, or heavy-duty vehicles, uh, we help consumers find the right truck for the right job. Great. Well, I got some information from um, somebody at your company a while back that talked about these these big vehicles. So to me, it's very interesting how this all works. So. I know that you guys have a list or a long list, a short list, but could you just give us one from the get-go about a project that you've been involved with, with a customer moving something that seems impossible almost to move? Yeah, so we just published on our blog a article about the biggest objects that have ever moved on the road. And it's it's pretty fascinating to think about the size of things that have been moved on, on the road. Um, things like the Endeavor, right? The Endeavor moved only 12 miles, but from the Los Angeles International Airport to the Science Center in California. But if you can think or imagine of driving next to a rocket driving down the interstate um, in California, that is the, the biggest thing that's ever been hauled across uh, a roadway. How yes, about Amanda? Go- I, I did see, I saw that video. I went searching for it and. Uh, that's it's, it was quite a quite a show moving <laughs> that thing and you know they started you know in the middle of the night and it just I guess they said millions of people along that route were watching it they had to cut down yeah, trees they had to you know lift power lines it was it was quite a show absolutely definitely not something that would have been um, stuck in your blind spots for sure no. No. oh actually that you didn't even need a truck for that just a uh, Toyota Tundra pulled that thing across that bridge remember yeah. that they had a commercial a really yeah a really big trailer so what were the what were some of the if there's some facts and figures and numbers to that to that move for example um what was how was your company involved and what did it really entail yeah, so commercial truck trader wasn't directly involved in moving of the endeavor, but we would help find the truck that yes. helped move that that piece of equipment or that that space shuttle from point A to point B. Um, so when they went to look for the right piece of equipment to move it, um, we hope they came to commercial truck trader to find the truck to either lease or buy to move that piece. And are you guys involved in some of the other logistics in terms of um, you know? traffic on the freeway or road road closures or tree removal are you consultants or how how does that fit into your umbrella if it does we do not we are simply the mechanism of putting a consumer in the right truck so making sure that it has the right tow capacity it has the right brakes the right engine the right transmission to help haul the, the unit from point a to point b i saw on your list the heaviest thing 
towed, I think it was in the UK, it was 640 tons. Does that sound yeah. right? Wow. Yep. What was that about? Yeah, the, it was a generator, mm-hmm. um, I believe, if I remember correctly, um, a power station transformer. It was 328 feet long and 16 feet wide. So, again, uh, it made a, a backup of more than 13 miles, and traffic only went about four miles an hour as it went behind it. But it was the heaviest load ever hauled in Britain. My goodness. Wow. I think that the list also said the heaviest load in the U.S. Is, was just a paltry, like, 400 tons. <laughs> a 400-ton <laughs> generator, I think, <laughs> over here. Yeah, yeah. So what uh, the other items on that list? I don't have it in front of me. We I think we've mentioned three. So what other items um, can you discuss that that you guys um, you know were, were involved with uh, finding the right truck? Yep. So we we highlight the a mass boulder. So a 340 ton boulder that we that helped a truck helped move in a quarry in again California. Um, wind turbines, those are popping up all over the place as we continue to help get eco-friendly, and those are not small or light. Um, a wind farm in China recently had an 80-ton, 172-blade um, piece moved with a truck. And then, of course, the, the generator in Utah, a 400-ton generator um, moved in, in the state of Utah from California. So lots of really big things moving down the road. Again, I, I don't think I'd ever want to be in a passenger vehicle next to any of them. No. No kidding. And these, these uh, trailers for these specialized loads, they're, they're specialized trailers. So eventually when their job is done, I guess it's on, it's on your site for sale, I guess, maybe? Or, or what is done yeah, with them? Absolutely. Any idea? You can, you, they can sell that trailer. Um, they can lease it to the next person who's hauling said, said unit. Um, a lot of times, especially with things like wind turbines, those are, are manufactured and created specially with the rigs and, and the pieces that help pull them together. And so um, they reach out to other wind turbine factories and, and help facilitate the movement of another one. Sure, I guess they could be repurposed for a, you know, a different size or length turbine blade, for example. Absolutely. How about in some other areas? I'm thinking through a few things, liability, insurance, um, other, other areas. And how does one become an expertise, uh, expert with your expertise in this kind of field? You have to know about uh, weights and measures, I'm pretty sure. And, and how, did, how did you get involved in it? Yes, so the site allows the consumer to really define what they're looking for and refine their search by the amount they're pulling, the the weight that they have, the length that they have. Um, so we've really worked along the years to help pull that information in from our dealers and consumers that are, are selling it on a private party perspective and use that information to make it a really easy user experience for people to find what they're looking for. You know, unlike some of the other sites that um, you can find retail vehicles for or family vehicles, this site is very, very constructed for the commercial use or the use of commercial vehicles to move things from point A to point B. Yeah, I noticed I even, uh, I could understand it. I would just for fun, I was looking for Bobcat uh, loaders, uh, which are often seen, you know, in front yard uh, if you're doing landscaping work or something. And um, there's quite a, there's quite a range of smaller tractors too. You don't have to buy the behemoths if you don't want to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we put a front strain in, in the front of my house a couple of years ago, and I was excited to be able to use our own sites to, to find the right tractor to be able to do it. 
Uh, what comes to mind also, have you guys been presented uh, with a project? I mean, you've mentioned the ones that are just even so hard to imagine, but have you been presented with something that, uh, that, you, couldn't, that you couldn't do? No, so we assist the consumer, and if the consumer can't find exactly what they're looking for on the site and, and to help them with the job that they're doing, we help connect them with our dealer network and then our hope, in hopes that our dealer network can then help find them what they're looking for. I see. And, and also, if you're on someplace, like you mentioned, um, first thing, the, the 12 miles that you guys had to cover, um, what's involved, whether it's directly through you guys or indirectly, what's involved with like police jurisdictions or uh, things of that nature? That must take an awful lot of coordination as well. Yeah, I can assume so. That's not something that we're directly involved in and not something that I'm, I'm really up to speed on, but definitely things that our, our consumers have to be up to speed on or up up to snuff on is understanding all of those laws and regulations and if you're taking down trees or power lines and, and what permits and pieces that you have to have to be able to move something of that size. Gotcha. You have to have City Hall behind you for that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> That's right. They don't Absolutely. want it. It's not going to happen. I understand that you guys also have uh, something new with your company. Like everybody seems to have an app uh, and some are great and so I understand that uh, through one of your colleagues that you have a, a new app and what does that do and, and tell us about that if you could. Yeah, we were really excited to launch our, our mobile app. So it again, allows the consumer to find what they're looking for to help complete that job. Um, people can, again, search all the great ways they can on the desktop or their mobile phone previously, but now in an app. In that app, they can save their searches and get push notifications as price changes and all of those exciting opportunities. It's available both in the App Store and the Google Play Store. I'm really excited to have that available online for all of our consumers to utilize. And the name is your company? Uh, is the app called? Mm -hmm. Commercial Truck Trader, absolutely. Okay. Well, in, in other areas, I'm, I'm thinking about, um, do you guys also provide manpower or just the vehicle, uh, just the assistance with the vehicle? I'm sure it takes quite a just, number. Of, mm -hmm. Yep, just the assistance with the vehicle. Okay. Bruce? Well, I, I was just, it's fascinating. Do you guys also do the big uh, um, mining quarry type electric diesel truck things that are, you know, carry these massive loads? You can absolutely find those on Commercial Truck Trader. We also have a sister site, Equipment Trader, that also showcases a number of pieces of equipment and trailers and some of those pieces of equipment that you would find in the oil refinery, fracking, and mining industries. What are some of the most expensive uh, vehicles that come to your mind that, that you've had listed? Uh, we have. I have seen some really, really specific trailers that have been million plus listed on our site. Wow. wow. Now, how about maybe not the heaviest or uh, the most well-known, which I'm sure would be the Endeavor, but something out of the ordinary that you guys um, you had a customer contact you, and it was a very, it was let's just say bizarre or or unique or something that you guys were taken aback by. Uh, can you give us an example or two of, of those kinds of projects? Yeah, I can't think of anything specific where we were, were taken aback. I think that the unique part about our site is that we cover so many different industries that nothing really surprises us anymore. Um, we have so many different consumers that use our trucks in so many different ways that if it's 
bringing, you know, a load of paper or a load of chickens across the country. We're, we're not surprised. We're just really excited to be able to show them the kind of truck they need to be able to move the units. I suppose uh, you're in the industry close, so you see there's new, new ideas, new trucks, bigger, better, faster, whatever, all the time. How, how is the, uh, you know, the progression of, of trucks? Is it, is it continuing to build and, and, you know, I don't know, like modern cars are getting faster, smoother, quieter? Is it the same with trucks? Yeah, absolutely. The thing we're really watching right now is the, the self-driving, just like in, in cars. We could soon see semi-trucks driving down the road without a driver in them, which to me is a little nerve-wracking when you think of the size a and little. weight. A little bit, yes. Capacity <laughs> yeah. That they, they have behind them without a driver behind the wheel, um, but it, it's definitely things that a number of manufacturers are, are delving into and, and things that I wouldn't be surprised if they aren't on the road in the next three to five years. Wow. And you guys do tr farm tractors too even, don't you? On Equipment Trader, we have a number of farm tractors and construction equipment. Bruce and I went to a show um, in our area in uh, San Jose oh, a couple of months back, three months back, whatever it was, and we, we actually interviewed a man who uh, was involved, is involved with a company that's going to provide or is providing exactly what you're talking about, driverless 18-wheelers, and uh, we talked to that guy, and we interviewed him in the, in the cab of this monster Simple uh, it or say, it, yeah, it's simple it's or simple something. And, it's simple. Uh, it's simple. And uh, he was telling us exactly, Amanda, what you're talking about. But in, in this case, so far, there's somebody actually in the tr truck. Two people. Two people, but it it can operate uh, on electric. Autonomous. Autonomous driving. Yeah. And they were, they were he was saying that they were doing some testing, uh, I think, in I-5 in, in Oregon. Uh, and the... The reaction that they've gotten is pretty extreme that just like you said you see a gigantic vehicle going down the road which and it appears to not have a driver it's i i think for a while and it would be more uh, detrimental than doing there people would might be crashing all over the road it's pretty dramatic looking um but as you say it's it's what's going to happen in the in the near future that wasn't really a question but it just it's it's mind-boggling to me that we're going to come to that no, it's, it's, it's absolutely, but it's also exciting when you think about the advances that we'll be able to do in freight. Um, today, it, it can take quite a while to move something from, you know, Maine to California in, in that drive. And if, you, if the driver is able to, you know, still be in the vehicle in this case, but be able to be less engaged with the truck, the distance may be shorter. The other thing it can solve for is there is a large driver shortage at the point. At this point, it's it's very difficult to find long haul drivers, and so as that um, employment pool continues to shrink and shrink, um, the cost of freight is going to continue to go up, and moving things from point A to point B will continue to get more expensive. So, autonomous will help us solve that problem as well. The Weekly Driver Podcast gets support from americantrucks.com. Visit www.americantrucks.com. Have you heard, uh, Amanda, that uh, like in California, they have uh, the California Air Resources Board, and I don't know, in the last 10 years or so, I think they've been clamping down on diesel emissions and, and requiring retrofits and even motor changes and all this kind of stuff. Did, did that, did that uh, cause many California trucks to be sold out of state just to get them out of here? Do you know? 
I didn't see anything um, particularly. We didn't see anything in the trending on our site in that capacity, but I will say that as as dealers um, put their trucks up in California, we do see that that very specific emissions information and um, all of that regulations in the descriptions of that truck because I, they know it's so important to the California buyers um, that the trucks are ready and and. Um, available to be driven in the state of California. Oh, I see. Yes, thank you. Uh, not knowing very much about you know what you do in your business, um, what comes to mind also is if I went to a raceway or I went to an exotic car dealer and I wanted to drive a Lamborghini or a Ferrari or some exotic car, uh, and I'm sure that they would ask me not only for a license or if I had any knowledge of the car, or I, I guess you know where I'm going with this. Are, are you guys involved with... Um, making sure that the person who's buying or leasing or renting a vehicle has the ability to drive it? We do not make that concession for the dealer, um, but the dealer would make all of those checks before the person made the purchase. I see. Um, A number of people who come to our site um, are also purchasing on behalf of a business or purchasing a number of trucks as part of a fleet. And so then they would make sure that the people who are driving those trucks are are licensed appropriately to to drive the size truck that they're driving. Gotcha. Amanda, how did you become involved in this, if you don't mind me asking? No, it's a great question. Uh, My father was a truck driver when I was a little girl. He um, hauled gas across the country. Um, I grew up in the Detroit area. I moved down to Virginia uh, later on in life and uh, joined the company um, and as a sales rep and had the ability to really talk to dealers about how they were moving their inventory and, and selling trucks and, and merchandising trucks. And it was just a, a really exciting opportunity. And, and I've been able to grow and, and thrive and continue to learn more and more about how trucks not only um, move units back and forth, but also move the world. Yes, I see. Have you had any clients or, or business, if you, if you can recall, since we're in Sacramento and we're kind of connected to the Bay Area, uh, does any do, do people approach you from the Silicon Valley, for example, or, or San Francisco, Oakland area? Uh, we work with some dealers up in that area for sure, but we've not been approached by anybody in the Silicon Valley from a technology perspective. Okay. Amanda, you mentioned gas trucks. Uh, do you know... Uh, how much gas can those things hold, and what kind of limitations are there on where they can drive and what times or that type of thing? Do you know? Yeah, it depends on the trailer that they have. There are a number of different sizes, and then the regulations are really done state by state. So some states will allow you to haul more than others, um, and in some states, like in New York, um, have very strict regulations on the amount that you're able to haul. So what's a what's a, a large amount? Do you know? Is it fifty thousand gallons um, I, or more or less? Just curious. Yeah, I'm not. I don't have a number off the top of my head. Okay. Well, what are the areas uh, should we be aware of? It's such a unique uh, business. Um, are there other things that, uh, when you're moving something that's just so large on the open road, uh, what other things uh, are considerations that I that we're unaware of? Yeah, I think it's important to make sure the trailer you have is also equipped to do the job that you're trying to do. So not only is it important to have the right truck, but also the right trailer. And then it's also important that not only is the truck ready and the trailer ready, but do you have the right equipment to either get the unit on to that trailer, right? They didn't just pick the Endeavor up with a 
small crane and, and drop mm-hmm. it on that trailer. It took no. quite a maneuver to get it up there. So do you have the right equipment and the right pieces to make sure you can move that unit onto the trailer and get it there safely? I think it's, it's a very big picture thing when you're moving things, not just a, I'm just going to pick up this box and put it in my trunk and, and take it home with me. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I guess there's different horsepower, different size motors, too, if you're going over the Rockies versus your, you know, a local flat town, whatever hauler, I guess, right? Absolutely. Some of the most unusual experiences I've ever had driving uh, were in Europe um, at you know, re- reporting on bicycle ra- races in, in the Alps and the Pyrenees. And I can remember this one time where a guy was coming uphill on a mountain road in an 18-wheeler, uh, not carrying the Endeavor, of course, but um, he knew that road so well that it was my responsibility as a driver of a passenger car. I had to back up and kind of go around the bend and hug the side of the mountain. And he went on the the cliff side, if you will, and we touched you know, we congrat- we shook hands, we did it the right way, but he was so skilled with this giant vehicle on a narrow road where there were no railings. I, I just think how anybody can maneuver some of these vehicles, it's just beyond me that somebody could have that that skill. Um, can you share, if you can, uh, on the, kind of on the dark side, if you will, any, any catastrophic things that might have occurred where the Endeavor fell off the, what it was being hauled with? Yeah, it really is amazing to see the, the skill that these folks have that, that move these units. And, and you can Google and go on YouTube and see all the fail moments of things falling off of, of different trucks and different trailers. But what we try to do at Commercial Truck Trader is really focus on the positives and, and how we help move things from point A to point B and, and try to stay away from those disastrous and those dangerous sure. items that, that have happened. Yeah, there's plenty of YouTube videos, especially, I guess it happens a lot in Russia, it seems. <laughs> all those cement, yeah. cement mixers and whatever falling off cliffs all the time. I guess I fall into places that. You, places you don't want to work.com, that's what I call yeah. it. Yeah, and there's, there, I guess there's even a, some sort of a reality show, the, the world's most dangerous roads, uh, and somebody will take a, a vehicle that probably shouldn't be on that road uh, and risk their life because there's a you know, a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, and they, they may never see the pot of gold. They may never get there. But some of that that show, I can't remember what network it's on, but it's I have to admit it being sucked into watching that a couple of times in hotel rooms when you Alaskan Highway, or Alaskan something. Highway with the you know they're it's 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 um it's a weird uh, personality trait to have to watch those shows and wonder what it's like watching an auto race waiting for the crash. I guess, but that's a whole different whole different topic. But um, well, could you go over again, uh, just your website, uh, and the new app and, um, what you have available for, uh, companies, individuals, just give us a good rundown again, if you would. Yeah, absolutely. Commercial truck trader, um, helping consumers find the right truck for the right job. Um, check us out online at www.commercialtrucktrader.com, or you can download our new mobile app in the App Store or the Google Play Store. Um, you can find it under Commercial Truck Trader. Well, great. We want to thank Amanda. Amanda, give us your last name one more time that you're married into. <laughs> it's Ayala. Ayala. Amanda Ayala. Uh, thank you very much for all of your expertise today on the Weekly Driver Podcast. We appreciate it. I think it's going to be a, a good episode, something completely out of the ordinary for what we do, but I think it'll be a, of interest to people who want to, you know, the person around the corner who might have the next endeavor or some other some other big uh, uh, object to move. So thank you again for being our guest today. Appreciate it very much. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so much for having me, guys. Take all care right. now. See you. Bye-bye.
Have a good one. You too. The Weekly Driver podcast gets support from AmericanMuscle.com, your late model Mustang and F-150 authority, bringing you the hottest products and top-notch customer service for over a decade. No one makes it easier to modify your ride. Visit AmericanMuscle.com today 